studios. Anytime, anywhere, smartphone, tune in radio app, we are WRKN. 1061 Nash Icon, Picayune, New Orleans. Good evening, and welcome to All Access on 1061 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics, and by Francesca Vitades, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All Access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner, by Rhino Shield Mid-South, Bergeron Automotive in Metairie, by LifeGate Church in Mandeville in Metairie, by Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area, John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge, by Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area, and by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk intelligence sports, all sports, all the time. To join in the conversation, call 504-260-1061. Now here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club, Life Resources Ministries, and the Kenner Star. And a pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access, the Monday night edition here on 106.1 FM. Nash Icon. We're on the web at NashFM1061.com. Of course, the tuning app available anywhere in the world. You can also get us at home via Alexa. Just tell her to play WRKN or play Nash Icon 1061 FM, and she will do so real easy. You can also check out our podcast following the show through CrescentCitySports.com. Just click On the menu, click on more and then click on podcast and you can hear this show and any show we've done here on 106.1 FM anytime recently as well. Of course, you can email me, Ken, at CrescentCitySports.com and you can call the show at 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061 to join in the conversation. We'd love to have you. And, of course, we'll get into a couple of topics of great interest. Tulane football with Chrissy Freud coming up at about 625. And then at about 640 or so, we'll talk with Regis Progray, the Rougarou, the New Orleans native fighting for a world championship in November. And we hope you'll have a chance to listen in, join in, and call in at any point in time at 504-260-1061. Love to hear from you. Well, the New Orleans Saints are two and four. And I'll say it again. It's, it's not time to panic. And I know it sounds trite, and I'm not a homer at all. Don't like what I'm seeing either. But the reason I say that is because the division just isn't any good. Said that all along. The fact that the Atlanta Falcons maybe are playing as well as anybody, if not the best, and the division tells you something. That's a retooled, undermanned team. A lot of people thought they were rebuilding and just tearing it down to build it up. But here they are. Tied for first in the NFC South with Tampa Bay. And as I said before the season, I didn't think Tampa Bay was as good, and they're not. New coach, not proven, older quarterback, injuries, minus some players that were prominent from their championship run, and they're showing it. Carolina's changed coaches. They've just cashed it in. Heck, they kicked the player out of the game yesterday, and then today 
sent him on his way to Arizona where the Saints will maybe see him on Thursday, Robbie Anderson. So the division isn't any good. That's why it's not time to sound the alarm, push the panic button, or give up. You're only a game out of first, as it turns out, after six games, despite being two and four. And you're going to Arizona to play a team that struggled as well. And they're struggling to score points, which is why they went out and got Anderson today. They're doing anything to try to amend their situation. But back to the Saints. You can't be worried about the opponent. You've got to be worried about yourself. And to try to fix the ills that have caused the patient to be sick. Let's put it this way. If you want to look directly at where the problems lie, they've been easily identifiable. Turnovers and penalties, brutal. Not so much yesterday when they didn't turn it over and really minimize penalties. But this defense has simply not played well enough. I mean, it's that simple. They've not played well enough. Even in the wins, gave up a bunch of points at Atlanta and against Seattle. And when they needed to get a stop yesterday, they couldn't. Cincinnati scored the last four times it had the football until the one played kneel down to end the game. Couldn't get a stop. Three touchdowns and a field goal in those final four possessions. Why? Well, it's systemic. It's the whole defense. Number one, you start up front. Cam Jordan had a couple of pretty good games, but not enough. Not what we've been accustomed to seeing from him. The inside guys have been somewhat invisible, frankly, on defense. Roach, okay. Tuttle on Yamada, whatever. Defensive ends. Passignon jumped off sides yesterday, whatever that's worth. Peyton Turner hurt or can't get active when he is healthy, and he's a number one pick. Marcus Davenport, this is his put-up or shut-up year, and he hasn't put up, right? Demario Davis is still real good. <laughs> Had two sacks yesterday, plays hard, and he's a great guy and great player. And Pete Warner has been a godsend. He's been really good. Led the NFL in tackles going into yesterday's game. So at the linebacker level, no problem. Then you get to the secondary. No Marshawn Lattimore. And the domino effect was obvious yesterday. Paulson Adebo hit a horrific game the previous week. Not as bad yesterday, but then there was Bradley Roby being asked to step up yesterday and cover Jamar Chase much of the game with some safety help. Of course, that safety help, virtually non-existent too. Never was that more evident than on the game-winning touchdown, 60 yards. I mean, there's simply... No excuse. That can't happen. One missed tackle, okay. Two missed tackles, give me a break. You rotate a safety to chase. Your cornerback's right there for a short out route. He can't make the tackle. And then your safety, last line of defense, who's right there and has an angle, whiffs completely. Those players would be Bradley Roby and Perran Matthew. And... No one's ever accused Matthew of being a strong tackler. And that's obviously not his strong suit. What he has to be is a playmaker. That's what you signed him for. That's what he has to do. He's had a fumble recovery. He's had a pick. But yesterday it was rough. Very rough. Not good enough. And then, of course, when P.J. Williams was healthy, he wasn't effective. 
So now you look at the secondary, where it was last year compared to where it is this year. Last year, you had Marcus Williams. Last year, you had C.J. Gardner-Johnson. You didn't bring back Williams because you didn't think you could afford him. Went to Baltimore, got three quick interceptions for the Ravens, and then got hurt. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, I'm sure you either watched or probably heard that he had not one but two interceptions in the game last night against Dallas. He's a playmaker. You can say anything you want about him. The criticism can be there. He's a jerk. He's a teammates don't like him. You know, maybe he's not as good a tackler as you want, so forth and so on. He's an antagonist, but he's a playmaker. And we saw that here. And they were better when he played. And when he didn't play, they weren't as good. And he's not here now, and he's not playing. And the guys that they've had to replace the players that have departed simply aren't as good. That is my strong opinion. That's what is going on there. Bottom line is that it's really a difficult situation. They're not good enough. I mean, they have to be better on defense. So much focus has been placed on the offense and on the quarterback position. And the continual conversation there exists and will march on. And everyone's entitled to an opinion. Andy Dalton has done a serviceable job. He hasn't done anything outstanding. He's a serviceable to good backup quarterback in the NFL. If he's your starter, you're probably not as good as you need to be. But then you beg the question, are you as good as you need to be with Jameis Winston? And that's a major question as well. As I've said all along, if the two are healthy, bottom line is that Jameis Winston is going to be the player. He's the starter. You paid him to be that way, and he's got more physical ability. But he's got the injuries. Brace on the knee, ankle injury, back injury. And now Andy Dalton's on the injury report with a back problem as well. Too many field goals yesterday, not enough touchdowns, but you scored 26. They gave you, they set you up with a fumble punt on one, but still, 26 is enough to win the game. Defense couldn't get a stop. It's that simple. Then you look at the injury report today. Dennis Allen saying that Chris Olave has cleared all the protocols, but now it's up to the independent neurologist to clear him or not on this very short week to play at Arizona Thursday night. We'll see. Meanwhile, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Marshawn Lattimore, listed today as DNPs, did not practice. Even though there's no practice today, you have to give an estimate report for league purposes since you're three days out from a game. So they were listed as did not practice. But now you added two more pieces to that list. The always seemingly injured Andrus Pete, who left the game yesterday with a chest injury listed as a DNP. And Adam Troutman, ankle injury listed as a DNP. Oh, well. And he left the game, too, not once but twice yesterday. You can add to that list Keith Kirkwood, replacement wide receiver, ankle injury, DNP. Marshawn Lattimore still out, DNP, of course. And then you got a whole bunch of other guys limited. Mark Ingram, knee. Paulson Adebo, knee. Marcus May, rib. Ryan Ramchek, just rest. 
Calvin Throckmorton, hip, Peyton Turner, chest, Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston, as mentioned. That's ridiculous. It's 14 guys on the injury report, and they've got to play a game Thursday night. Man, that doesn't sit well. That doesn't bow well. That doesn't look good. That doesn't smell good. There isn't anything to like about it. Nothing whatsoever. So the Saints are in a bad way. They're not playing a good team Thursday night. That's the rub. Both teams are going to be beat up and tired. The problem is the game's in Glendale, so it's a shorter week for the Saints. They've got to travel on Wednesday and play on Thursday. So it makes it even more difficult for the Saints than it is on the Cardinals. But the schedule is the schedule, and you got to go play it. And we said they couldn't get to one and four. They didn't. And now we'll say it. They can't get to two and five. Got to find a way to win with whomever the quarterback is. Is there any scenario under which Taysom Hill might have to play quarterback? Yeah, I guess there is. If they deem that Winston's still not ready, and if they don't like the back situation with Dalton, yeah, it's a possibility. We'll see what happens. Very interesting to say the least. 504-260-1061. Later in the show, Chrissy Ford on Tulane and New Orleanian Regis Prograde fighting for a world championship. LSU. They whip Florida again. Another shootout. Wouldn't have been that close had they been able to catch a punt. There's this ongoing disaster known as LSU special teams continues to put the worst product in the country on the field. And how that guy keeps his job at year's end, I don't know. Because you can't be consistently this bad in virtually every phase. Look, Ramos did make a field goal, give him that. But, I mean, they've been so bad in the kicking game, so bad all season long. As I said, I don't know that anyone's been worse in the country. So we get the negative out of the way. The positives are obvious. Ran the ball well, and for once it wasn't Jaden Daniels having to run the ball so much to have a running game. Bradford was good. Emery was solid. They ran the ball well. Offensive line blocked better. Campbell being back certainly helped. Then, of course, their wide receivers. Touted as one of the best groups in the country, if not the best before the season started. They've been a massive disappointment, but part of that has been the fact that Jaden Daniels just hasn't gotten them the ball. Well, he got them the ball in this game, and you saw what they're capable of doing, making a big difference. And then, of course, there's Daniels himself. I've questioned his abilities, questioned his decision-making, questioned his accuracy, never questioned his leadership or his character. He's a really good leader and a good young man. But, boy, did he play great Saturday night. Some would say, oh, well, the offensive line played better. Yes, they did. But so did the receivers. And a quarterback can help make everybody look better when he's on. And Jaden Daniels was on. He made the right decisions. He made accurate throws. And he didn't just take off and run when one read wasn't there. We know what he can do running the ball. And he did that. And he extended some plays and did it in very good fashion. Very impressive performance by Daniels overall. The defense did enough. Has to be better than that. One of the worst tackle attempts other than Terran Matthew in the Saints game was Micah Baskerville on Richardson in the LSU game on Richardson's 81-yard run. Did you notice that? Crazily bad. Just threw a little bump at him. Didn't work. 
But overall, just a terrific win for LSU. And you juxtapose that against Notre Dame. All of those Notre Dame fans that were like, oh, good riddance to Brian Kelly. Yeah, how do you like them apples? How do you feel about that now? Kelly's 5-2 and two with a cupboard that wasn't bare but was very, very thin in the toughest league in the country. Notre Dame's 3-3. Three and three, And they've lost games to Stanford and Marshall. Yeah, they lost to Ohio State, but they've lost to Stanford and Marshall. You got that? All we heard is that they had the best young dynamic coach in America. And this is not meant to be disrespectful to Marcus Freeman at all. He's a fine young coach, but he hadn't been a head coach before. And you're giving him the Notre Dame job. It's pretty tall timber to start with your first head coaching job. And I think they're finding that out. And so is he. Better off without Brian Kelly, eh? Then there's that national narrative that we heard a little murmur last week. Oh, well, all's not well in Baton Rouge, and some of the people there aren't happy with Brian Kelly. That's total garbage. Did you see the way that team played Saturday night? Yeah, that really looked the part of a team that didn't like its coach. Give me a break. Kelly's a good football coach. He's a proven commodity. He's hired a good staff, by and large. And they've done, in my estimation, pretty well, if not quite well, to this point. And they're actually right there to beat Ole Miss in terms of numbers for Saturday, which is a surprise. But Ole Miss is undefeated, ranked 7th in the country, and they're good, but they're coming to Baton Rouge. How much has LSU improved? We'll find out. Played Tennessee as a ranked team? Couldn't play with them. Ole Miss, let's see how big a step they've taken, how much progress they've made. Looking forward to finding that out. It's 504-260-1061. Robert is in Metairie. Robert, thanks for the call. Welcome to All Access. Good evening. How you doing, Ken? Good, buddy. As far as Michael Thomas, I don't think this guy wants to play for the Saints. And I'd be surprised if you see him again. I just think he's, he just quit on the team just because he's always hurt. Well, he spent three years now in a situation where he's missed, what, 29 games over that time? I mean, that's just brutal. Especially when you're, you've paid the guy the kind of money that you've paid him. Is it bad luck? Maybe. Is it a guy that, you know, doesn't want to play unless he's 100%? Who knows? I can't answer that. All I know is he's not available. He's not playing. And it's really, really difficult on the team. And when you look at people are saying, well, just get rid of the guy. Well, the problem is he's under contract. I mean, he's under contract through 2024. (laughs) And when you look at the numbers... The cap hit on Michael Thomas this year is $13 million and change. In 2023, the cap hit is $28 million and change. 2024, $27 million and change. And the dead cap money this year on Thomas, $38,500,000. You can't do anything with that right now. It's just way too much money. Now, by next year, you might look at it. But look, I mean, look, the old saying, you can't make the club in the tub, certainly applicable and... You need him on the field. Look, you saw what he could do in the Atlanta game. He played really well. Two touchdown catches. Followed that up with six catches and a touchdown reception against the Bucs. Then he had the five catches against the Panthers. Was looking good. Then he got hurt, and we haven't seen him since. So, again, you need guys that can get on the field. Andrus Peters is perennially hurt. 
Michael, uh, Teron Armstead was like that when they finally had to move on. Michael Thomas has been that way. This Peyton Turner is that way. Marcus Davenport has been that way to a degree. You need guys that you can get out there and count on being out there, you know, if not 100% of the time, certainly 80% are better because you're not going to win if you don't have your best players on the field. And that's kind of where, where it sits right now with regard to Thomas. I mean, I look at his first four years in the league. Played in 15 games his first year, all but one. Played in all 16 his second year. All 16 his third year. All 16 his fourth year. Then in 2020, played in seven games. Missed nine. Didn't play at all last year. And here he is this year, and he's already missed three and counting. So, again, a guy that you need, a guy that when he was right was brilliant, but a guy that hasn't played by and large and has made no difference as a result. So, yeah, look, it's an ongoing problem, Robert. It really is. And, and you know, I'm not going to sit here and say he doesn't want to play. I don't know that. I just know that he's not playing. That's all. All right. Thanks a lot, Ken. Okay, Robert. My pleasure. Appreciate the call. Uh, and, again, it's 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. We'll take a time out here when we return in just a moment. Tulane ranked 25th in the nation. Green Wave have earned it. We'll talk with Chrissy Freud of CrescentCitySports.com to discuss the Green Wave as we continue here on All Access for a Monday night. Ken Trahan on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Inside New Orleans, if it's New Orleans sports, culture, food. Inside New Orleans with Eric Asher is talking about it. Weekdays at 4 on 106.1 Nash Icon and available online anytime at NashFM1061.com. The IRS doesn't mess around. If they want your money, they'll take it. They can take your paycheck and bank accounts too, even threaten your home or business. Don't take on the IRS alone. If you owe back taxes, the smartest thing you can do is call Optima Tax Relief. The experts at Optima specialize in a powerful IRS tax assistance program called the Fresh Start Initiative. And their clients that qualify are saving thousands. One call starts the process to stop the demand letters, stop aggressive collection actions, and Stop the IRS from targeting you. But don't delay. It's important to act now while you still have options. Optima is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Optima has already resolved over a billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get your life back. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for your free consultation. Call 800-704-9936. 800-704-9936. 800-704-9936. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. If you want to be treated right, you go to Bergeron. Bergeron will give you the best deal. You just know you can trust these people. They're from here. They get me. You know, buying a car doesn't have to be a scary experience. It's anything but a Bergeron. Everybody knows that. Everybody. I grew up with a Bergeron. I went to school with a Bergeron. This is the fourth car I've bought from here. That makes me a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a bourgeois. Get out of here. I'm a Bergeron. Everybody knows a Bergeron. Bergeron Automotive, on Veterans in Metairie. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things. 
like by a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's. So thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter code IMPACT at checkout. That's harrys.com, code IMPACT. Enjoy! Celebrate the start of your day the local way with New Orleans Roast Coffee. We've got a brand new look with the same great premium taste. Try our chocolate beignet blend with flavors of rich chocolate and classic New Orleans beignets. Pick up some today at your local grocer. New Orleans Roast Coffee, a true taste of New Orleans. This report is sponsored by Staples Stores. Staples is your one-stop destination for shipping supplies and services. And right now get 50% off shipping boxes, mailers, or tubes when you buy five of the same item. Offer ends 1231. Exclusion supply. Visit staplesconnect.com slash shipping for details. Staples, the best kept secret in shipping. Welcome to your daily sports report presented by CrescentCitySports.com. The New Orleans Saints led most of the way but could not hold a two-score lead at Caesars Superdome Sunday. Former LSU star Joe Burrow threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns, including a pair to former LSU teammate and former Rumble star Jamar Chase. The Bengals rallied past the Saints 30-26. to The Saints had the ball one final time, couldn't get it done. Andy Dalton threw a touchdown pass to Traquan Smith. The Saints rushed for 228 yards. Will Lutz kicked four field goals. It was not enough. Burrow, 28 of 37, 300 yards and three scores, and he ran for a fourth touchdown. Chase seven catches, 132 yards and two touchdowns. Now two and four, the Saints with a short week before playing at Arizona Thursday night. Tulane now 25th in the country in both the AP and coaches' polls after moving the six and one following a 45-31 win over South Florida. It's the first time the Wave have been ranked nationally since the 12-0 season in 1998. Tulane hosts Memphis for homecoming Saturday at 2:30. LSU five and two after a big 45-35 win at Florida. The Tigers host unbeaten Ole Miss Saturday at 2:30. For these stories and more, visit CrescentCitySports.com. Have a blessed day and be a good sport. For CrescentCitySports.com, I'm Ken Trahan. Now's the time. What's on your mind? We'd love to get your take by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and All Access on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Call 504-260-1061. New Orleans native Regis Progray fighting for a world championship. We'll talk to him here a little bit later in the show, and we'll touch on the Pelicans as well. But as you heard, Tulane, of course, ranked 25th in the nation in both polls this week. First time they've been ranked in the top 25 since that memorable 1998 season, 12-0, and 7th in the country. Great year to cover Tulane. They were terrific. It's a really good year to cover Tulane this year, too. The Green Wave proving that they are a legitimate, good football team. At 6-1, and 3-0 and now in the American Conference. Joining us now to talk about the Green Wave, covers Tulane for CrescentCitySports.com, is our cohort friend, Chrissy Freud. Chrissy, thank you. Good to have you with us. Of course. Always good to be on. All right, so you know, good teams win games in different ways. Uh, this past Saturday, Tulane, you know, maybe wasn't as good defensively as we've seen, especially when South Florida had their starting quarterback. But Tulane's offense was so efficient that it didn't matter. You score forty-five, you're going to win football games, and that's what the Green Wave did. Yeah, absolutely. I think that we're so used to seeing this defense. Um, some people would say carry the team. Uh, Michael Pratt noted that they're up in games, so they've kind of carried the team. I don't personally see it that way. I think this is a defense that has come up with some really big plays as one of the best in the nation. Uh, but I think that Tulane has played almost equally good on offense in the majority of games. That really shined through this time and was the difference maker. I thought the defense uh, came up with some key plays whenever it mattered the most. Also gave out some explosive plays, some plays they'll want to have back that I'm sure that they're looking at 
in the film room this week, but I mean, we've seen the, just the versatility open up within this two-lane offense. I mean, they can run the trick plays with Tajay Spears, Tajay Spears, super versatile running back, uh, good as a, as a receiver, good in the traditional role, uh, good on the trick plays, good blocker, just really good all-around player. And I think that Michael Pratt just gets better with each and every game. This receiving course continuing to get better. I think Deuce Watts is going to stand out. Dejon McDougal and some others starting to emerge as well. So I thought overall really good offensive effort in this one. Some explosive plays given up on defense, but still uh, making Clark, Tylo Phillips, guys like that coming up uh, with some big ones that it matter to help turn the tide. 564 total yards for Tulane. And uh, when you do that, you're going to win. The thing that was really good, though, about this game is that, you know, in the win the previous league over East Carolina, it was all about Michael Pratt and the passing game. This time around, it was a potent running game to go along with an outstanding passing game. Yeah, I think this is one of the first times this season that we've seen them couple those, th- those two things together so well because we've seen both aspects of that offense come alive, but it seems like it happens most of the time until now separately. Um, and I know that Michael had said before that he wanted to see the run game um, open up more and those two things complement each other. So I think they got what they were looking for here. It uh, wasn't the prettiest win, but they did pull away by double digits at the end, which is what you want to see. Tajay Spears is a special talent. Of course, I did some of his high school games and saw what he was all about at Ponchatoula. Hurt his knee, but he's fully back, and he looked like it this past week. He's quick, he's fast, he's elusive. He's just a good football player. Just fantastic. I mean, I've been pounding the table for Tajay Spears since before the season, and a lot of people who follow my work, I know that a lot of my draft coverage and draft prospect coverage revolves pretty much purely around quarterbacks. Whenever I went out the two-lane, I was like, I've got to get on this guy. And I think that he's just, like you said, just been outstanding all year long. He's a player who can do it all. And I think that that 75-yard touchdown run, uh, two-lane really needed it badly at that time, and it made all the difference in the world. It really did. It's great to see Shotty Clayton uh, get the ball because I think he's a talented player, too, out of Warren Easton High School. And, of course, uh, the passing game, uh, Jaquan Jackson was good. Good to see the tight end involved with Tyreek James and you know, Deuce Watts has been pretty solid. Uh, Lawrence Keyes had three balls. So spread the wealth. Their receiving core needed to be better this year, and it has been. Yeah, I think that there were some players we wanted to see return to their form from maybe a couple of years ago that have done so. I think the receiving core in general has really just risen to the occasion um, in a way that people really wanted to watch it do so because I think that we knew Tajay Spears was going to be good. We knew that this team could roll on the ground. We knew that Michael Pratt was an athletic quarterback who could make things happen uh, on the rush as well. But now we have a passing game that I think has come alive in a way that a lot of people uh, didn't anticipate. And really a lot of standout receivers have been this conference on this team, in my opinion. All right, here's a text question from Uptown Bob. How many players does she feel... Tulane can possibly place in the NFL off of this team? I would say, I would say ballpark, I'd say somewhere between 8 and 10. Because, I mean, I wow. started looking at guys like Sincere Hainsworth. Um, Harry James, I think, has the potential. I think that there are some guys on the offensive line. I think the offensive line has improved a lot. Obviously, Michael there, Tajay. Um, the defense is littered with talent. I think there's about five guys. Uh, just off the top of your head, you could think of to have NFL potential. So I'm not saying that many go in this draft and that not all of so there's going to be some undrafted free agent signings in my opinion but I think this team is really stacked with talent in a way that people uh just don't really notice because of the helmet sticker I mean Dorian Williams uh, Nick Anderson really like I said just a lot of guys across that defense I think multiple emerging stars on offense and an email question so they're coming in here 
uh, directed to me, <laughs> said to ask you about where do you see Michael Pratt as an NFL draft prospect? Do you see him being drafted? Oh, absolutely. Um, I, and I, I've actually told Michael this myself before. I think that he should wait till next year just because of how stacked this year's class is. But I think this is a quarterback who's a true dual threat. And I talked to him after the last game about just how much he's developing as a deep passer, how much he's grown um, from a mental perspective. And he has now reset his career high for passing yards in a single game three times uh, this season. So I think a, a player who's just really uh, elite and, and mental processing and has been, I think, it's starting to shine through just because of the pieces that he has around him now. But a guy who can really do it all. I mean, I've talked to some NFL scouts um, who are impressed with them, they say that he needs one more year. So I think that this is a guy uh, that deserves to be a mid-round pick next year. Not well, not next not next draft, but draft after next. He's texting with Willie Fritz earlier today, and and obviously there's an excitement level that that exists there now. And and those of us that are from here and have been around this all of our lives, and you were in South Louisiana when you went to school in Baton mm-hmm. Rouge, you you understand that Tulane. Yeah, I said that, you know, let me repeat that. I said, you know, you went to school in Baton Rouge, so you got an idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Tulane hasn't really attracted, you know, much in the way of attention or, or, or fan support, you know, over the course of several years now because they just haven't won enough. There's a change right now. There's a feeling here that people are genuinely excited, that they're getting interested, and there's a lot of attention being paid. You sense that as well? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've had people at Mississippi State, the reporters will come up to me and they'll, they'll tell me that I, I did a good job by getting on this team whenever I did and a good eye on scouting that quarterback and stuff like that. I think that me and Maddie, really, and Gary Smith were like the only three people that were out there ahead of the season. Um, but I know the conversations that her and I have had that this was a team uh, that was going to be really, really improved all around and I think has reached um, it's feeling in a way that we saw was possible. And so I think that there's a lot of excitement. Even over here in Starkville, people are approaching me about it. Um, so I think that there's a lot of excitement about this team across the nation and then absolutely uh, just a lot of excitement and optimism around the New Orleans area and in Louisiana every time that I'm around there as well. It's a veteran team playing like a veteran team. And with a retooled coaching staff, the, the changes that were made have turned out to be really, really positive. So now it's Memphis coming to town on Saturday, it's homecoming. You know, Memphis traditionally has been an up-and-down series because Memphis is always able to score. Uh, they can always do that, and it's pretty interesting when you look at the results uh, between these two teams over a period of time. Memphis has had the upper hand, but Tulane can beat them here, no question about that. They're 4-3 and three overall are the Tigers, 2-2 two and two in the conference. And, you know, you saw them against Mississippi State when State handled them and beat them 49-23 earlier this year very comparable situation with houston you know houston rallied from way back to beat memphis by one we all know tulane beat memphis in overtime and then of course east carolina uh, memphis uh, went four overtimes with the pirates and lost to east carolina Tulane beat east carolina so tell us how you see this game what to expect well i think this yeah really a uh, good display just as far as quarterback play goes seth hennigan um, has been a talented quarterback who's caught a lot of eyes in this conference since he took uh, the starting job from Grant Gunnell. Ultimately, that's what happened over there. Uh, threw for over 400 yards in the last game. 
Uh, so I'm, I think that Michael Pratt's better than Seth Hennigan, but I think that he's, he's, a, he's a standout, kind of a dark horse guy that people look at. But whenever we look at the way that things played out against ECU, so this is a multi-overtime uh, game and Memphis comes out in the bottom of it, I personally wasn't that impressed uh, with, with Memphis whenever they came to town to Mississippi State. I think that uh, the defense over here was able to force some mistakes off of that offense. Um, and I think that going up against this Green Wave defense that has done the same thing, that that's certainly uh, something that has potential to, to happen. And so I think that they allowed uh, quite a few yards to the ECU offense. And I think that Tulane showed it could contain the ECU offense, limiting them to uh, nine points when we're, where they headed into that game with over 30 points. I think it was somewhere on 35 average. So I think that this is a team that's going to be outmatched by Tulane. At the same time, Memphis is such just such a trap game scenario for so many teams. And you have to think about how Tulane uh, defeated more dominant teams like Houston and uh, kind of uh, fumbled the ball a little bit against um, Southern Miss, if you will. So I think that this is going to be a closely fought matchup, but I think that Tulane absolutely comes out on the winning side of it. Well, it's going to be a very important game uh, for the Green Wave, now bowl eligible. So now you go from bowl eligible, fourth time in five years to go to a bowl game, to very seriously looking at trying to win the league. That's not far-fetched, is it? No, I don't think so at all. I was telling the SID the other day, and he said, don't jinx it. Uh, <laughs> but I think, I think that Tulane's going to win out this, this year. I think that the next game's obviously going to be a good indicator of just exactly where they stand as far as being able to do that. But Memphis is probably the second toughest game um, remaining on the schedule. And if they can do that, I think that Cincinnati has uh, fallen short of expectations. And this is just on top of that. This is a team that has proven it can contend with anyone in the nation. And so I think that this, that Tulane really can win the conference. And I think this, gonna, this has already been a huge year for the Green Wave. And I think that they just continue to expand upon that. But I think that they get better and better by the game. You're seeing the, the offense open up more and seeing those two components that kind of begin to complement each other. And then, um, like I say, with all the teams that I cover, complementary football is the most important thing. And I think that Tulane does a fantastic job of that. And it's only getting better in that aspect. I think that that's, that's shown over recent games. You can read her fine work on Tulane at CrescentCitySports.com. Of course, uh, Coach Fritz will meet with the media tomorrow. You can follow her on Twitter at Chrissy underscore Freud. Chrissy, always a pleasure. And we look forward to visiting again soon. Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. All right, we'll take a brief time out. 504-260-1061 when we return. Boxing and a New Orleanian fighting for a world championship. The Rougarou. We just pro gray. We'll talk to you when we return here on All Access on 1061 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. O'Reilly Auto Parts specializes in keeping your car on the road. Not sure how much life is left in your battery? Our professional parts people will test it for free. If it does need to be replaced, we'll help you find just the right one to fit your car. Our superstar batteries are built to handle even the toughest conditions. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Smart businesses are always looking for ways to improve. Better work days can start with CentOS. Your dedicated CentOS service reps help make sure you have what you need, when you need it. We'll stock your essential cleaning products, deliver hygienically clean workwear, inspect your fire extinguishers, and provide first aid and safety supplies. CentOS is with you every step of the way, so you stay a step ahead. Visit CentOS.com. Oh, I'm ready! And get ready for the workday. 
This is Lenny Minutillo, chef and co-owner of the Happy Italian Pizzeria Restaurant and Catering in Harahan's. Happy Italian is now open for lunch and dinner, Wednesday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Catering is available any day. The Happy Italian Pizzeria Restaurant and Catering, 7105 Jefferson Highway in Harahan. Open Wednesday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Like us on Facebook and love us on your taste buds. For more info, check us out at happyitalian.com. Ring in the new year with the 89th Allstate Sugar Bowl. Since 1935, the Sugar Bowl has been a New Orleans New Year's tradition. And this year, the best of the SEC and Big 12 will square off on New Year's Eve in the Caesars Superdome. So kick off your New Year's celebration with a college football masterpiece. For tickets, visit AllstateSugarBowl.org and download the free Sugar Bowl mobile app. The Allstate Sugar Bowl is presented by Allstate, the Louisiana Office of Tourism, and Taco Bell. This report is sponsored by Dell Technologies. Dell Technologies provides growing businesses with tools to do incredible things. Because we believe there's an innovator in all of us. For advice on smart PCs powered by Intel vPro that's built for business, call a Dell Technologies advisor at 877-ASK-DELL. This is Josh Danzig with Where You At Magazine for 106.1 Nash Icon. This weekend, grab your friends and head to the free Louisiana Gumbo Fest of Check Bay, featuring delicious gumbo rides and live music from Nashville South and others. Or head to Homa. It's the return of the free Rougarou Fest with a parade, costume contest, and live music to enjoy for the whole family. For more ideas on what to do this weekend, pick up the new Halloween issue of Where You At Magazine all over town. Or click on Latest Issue on whereyat.com to read it now. Cumulus New Orleans. Incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital. This is where you get all access, not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports topics are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at NashFM1061.com. And we'll touch on the Pelicans in our final segment, but right now we focus on boxing in a world championship bout that's coming up next month involving a guy we know very well, a friend and a really good fighter and a really good guy. He was here training most recently. He's getting serious now. 27-1 and one overall, 23 knockouts, and November 26th coming up in California, Los Angeles, 140-pound WBC World Championship fight against Jose Cepeda. You heard the commercial about the Rougarou Fest right before that? What a perfect lead-in for the Rougarou himself, Regis Progray. Regis, how are you? I'm good, man. Everything is good. How y'all doing? <laughs> <laughs> We're doing fine. It's it's good to talk to you, buddy. And and listen, first and foremost, again, uh, great to see you getting a chance at a title here. You fought your way back from you know the one loss, which was you know again a pretty solid performance anyway. And now you get this chance at 140. You could have fought at 147. Talk about you know this opportunity and staying at 140 and fighting Zapata. Yeah, I mean, you know, a, a while ago, um, you know, after the after the loss and stuff like that to Josh Taylor. You know, they offered me, you know, they offered me some big money to go to 47. And, you know, for me, I just, I wanted to stay at 40, you know, and um, I just felt like the landscape at 140 was going to be, it was going to be hot, you know, in the next 
couple of years, and that was a few years ago. And right now, that's exactly what's happening, you know. So um, I'm just glad, you know, for me, I just bet on myself. And I didn't listen to nobody. A lot of people did tell me that they said, you know, it's time to go to 147. I said, you know why? I, I, I don't need to do that, you know. So I'm glad I'm standing at 140, you know. And now I'm getting a shot at the belt again, you know. So after this, you know, I'll, I'll become a two-time world champion. So, you know, that's that's been my goal because, you know, with the fight with Josh Taylor, I still felt like, you know, it was three years ago, but I still felt like I didn't lose the fight, you know. So it was a it was a real close fight, and I don't I, I never say – you know, I never say I got robbed or anything like that, but I still say that, you know, I didn't lose the fight, you know. So, for me, like I said, I want to be a two-time world champion, and now I'm getting the opportunity. So, I'm just I'm happy that I made the decision I made. Yeah, you battled back from that and, you know, beat uh, Geraldez, beat Redkitch, and beat McKenna, you know, to get to this point against Zepeda. And Zepeda, he's a good fighter, and he gets after it, too. These will be two guys that get after it, right? Yes, exactly. I mean, this is a great fight. It's a- it is. It's a pay-per-view fight. It's a great fight. I mean, both of us, uh, Southpaws, both of us have real big punching power, um, and I mean, both of us have a lot of skill. So I mean, this is a. You know, I mean, this is a. This is a great fight just for boxing, and of course, you know, for the city in New Orleans. I mean, you know, I'm. The, I'll be if I'm not mistaken. I think you know after this, I'll be the only two-time world champion. I think in the history from a, a fighter from New Orleans. Yeah, we've had some good ones, but not to my knowledge in terms of two-time world champions. Now. You know this guy very well. You guys are very familiar with each other. You're not best friends, but you know each other very well, don't you? Yeah, we, we know each other. So the thing is, you know, with me with me as a painter, um, we actually share one of the same trainers. That's the that's the craziest story, you know. That's why mm. I think it's a good you know, it's a good storyline because both of us are southpaws, both of us are hard hitting southpaws, both of us have both of us share a lot of we have a lot of knockouts, um so of course we both have a lot of knockout power. And um, at the same time, you know, we share one of the same trainers, which is Julian Chua. He's in L.A. So if people don't know, I always I always go to L.A. My first week in camp, I always go to L.A. to work with Julian just to, you know, sharpen up and stuff like that. You know, so this time, uh, obviously, I didn't go because Julian said he'll stay out the fight. He, he's not going to talk about the fight. He's not going to, you know, he, he, he didn't. He wanted us to fight, but he didn't want us to fight, obviously. You know, so he's going to stay out both of our corners. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna suggest that because that's pretty tough when you have an interest on both sides. But the fact of the matter is, you don't have a fight with two southpaws very often. That's typically speaking, you know, right-handed fighters don't like to fight lefties. But here's a situation where it's it's equal footing. Have you fought a lefty before? Of course. I mean, so my last, my out of my last four fights, my last three, the three of them <laughs> were southpaws. You know, wow. my last fight was the last fight I fought was a southpaw. Ivan Ray catches the top ball, and then Josh Hill was the top ball. So, whoever that he wasn't, he was all the dots. So, I mean, yeah, I have, um, you know, my last, like I said, out of the last four fights, three of them were top ball. So, I have a lot of experience with top balls. Um, and, 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 of course, in my gym, we have a lot of great top balls, you know. So, yeah, I have, I'll be good on that. If. I go back and, of course, remembering you fighting Velasco and Flanagan here in New Orleans and then fighting in Lafayette against Relic and mm-hmm. winning all three of those fights. If you can get this thing in Los Angeles, you'd like to come back here and defend, wouldn't you? Yes, I think so. You know, I mean, I, for me, I, I have it. I, I fought New Orleans before. stuff. The only bad thing about New Orleans, I'm not going to lie, is just like you have a lot of when – you, when you fight at home, you do have a lot of pressure on you. You know, so when you – that's the only bad thing about I mean, you, you got to think about everybody you ever knew in – that that they're they just all in your face and it's just it is hard to you know get away from that pressure, but um yeah I do want to come back and defend the belt in New Orleans. 
I would imagine there's some distractions too. You got a lot of homies, you got a lot of friends and people that you've been around since you were young. I would imagine when you come back here. Yeah, man, it's a yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a bunch of distractions. You know, my so for my my fight, you know, the first fight I brought ESPN and I fought Velasco. I mean, for me, I mean, I know I knocked him down three times and I knocked him out, but for me, that was one of my worst performances. That was one of my worst fights because I was so nervous. I'm not, I tell people this all the time. I was just so nervous going into the fight because it's like literally the whole city is riding on you. It's all, it's so much pressure on you. You know, we made a big, we made a big spectacle with the, with the ring walk and all that type of stuff. So it was, believe me, it was, um, it was definitely a lot of pressure on my back, you know, so, but that's, you know, it just, it is what it is. That's how it is. I go back to when I first saw you fight was way back in 2013. You fought at the Landmark Hotel in Metairie, if you remember that one. Uh, you beat Gonzalez. And unanimous decision, and I was there, and that was my first taste of who you were. And, of course, I was very good friends with Les Bonanno, who did great things in boxing here yeah. for many years. But I remember that fight very well, and I walked out of there saying, that kid's pretty good. He's quick. And, of course, you got a light yeah. stronger since then, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was a long time ago, man. I, I, and look, on that fight, I'm not going to lie, I was sick right before I stepped in the ring because that dude, <laughs> I, he ended one of my, I think I did knock him out. When I fought the landmark, I did knock him out. And I was, you know, I was knocking a lot of people. I think it was, I forgot which, which one of my fights it was, but I did knock him out. And I was kind of disappointed about that. You know, then after that, I won, I went on a string of just knockouts. But um, I was actually, you know, in that fight, I was I was terribly sick. I was throwing up and stuff like that right before I stepped in the ring. Hmm. I remember that vividly, yeah. <laughs> I remember the fight. All right, so Zepeda coming up on November 26th uh, in at Dignity Health Sports Park in Carson. So what are you going to have to do to beat this guy? What's the most important thing that you're going to have to do if you're going to beat a quality fighter like Jose Zepeda? I mean, the main thing is just do me. You know, when, when I when when my head is straight, I feel like really nobody can beat me. You know, and and not saying my head is not straight, but just just go out there and have fun, enjoy myself, and um, you know, just be loose. If I give any specifics away, just you know, just be a loose fighter, defensive. You know, responsible on my defense. You know, try not to you know rush in too much because I, I tend to do that sometimes. I tend to rush in and you know, just try to hurt people a lot. And, you know, right now, I, I mean, I've just been boxing and it, it's been going real smooth, you know. So my last my last three fights, I went 3-0 with all knockouts, and I didn't get touched, you know, almost those fights. I mean, with, you know, with my last fight with McKenna, McKenna barely hit me. Um, Ivan Redcast, he barely, yeah, I mean, I think he might have hit me two times in the fight. And, you know, um, Harrell, that same thing, probably hit me about two times or something like that in the fight. So you talk about three fights, 3-0, three all knockouts, and I didn't even get touched. So, you know, it's the same thing. That's kind of the same thing I'm going to go do, you know, in this fight. Just be me and be smooth and, and be defensive because I have power. I don't have to, you know, force it because I know as soon as I hit somebody, it's going to change the fight. You know, my last fight with McKenna, you know, he was just telling me, he was like, man, you, you hit so hard. He was thinking like, I was going to, um, he didn't, he, he thought that I didn't hit as hard as I did, you know, and I was like, all right. And so then I hit him. He was like, he told me himself, he was like, man, that, that, you hit me with a jab and that just hurts so much. So, you know, that's all. I mean, I know I hit hard. and Like I said, you go out there, be smooth and be me and, you know, and, and dominate. I don't, I don't train for, to win. I never train to win. I train to dominate. So that's what I plan on doing. Last question. I know you, you fought abroad against Taylor. You fought in Dubai against McKenna. What was that experience like? I think only the second time you've been out of the country fighting. Yeah, I mean, I loved it, man. That, that was actually my second time being in Dubai, you know, just fighting out there. It was just a whole different experience, you know. It was, I mean, I... I loved it. I love Dubai. You know, I I I, I, I was kid with my coach and manager at the time. I was like, listen, I love it so much out here. 
if somebody give me the right offer, I might actually move me and my family out here, you know. Um, but Dubai is, uh, I mean, it's a it's a very 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 nice place, and just just fighting out there, it was it was it was fun. It was it was definitely a good time. Of course, I couldn't really, I couldn't do everything I really wanted to do because, of course, I was still serious in training. But yeah, I would um I love fighting in Dubai. November twenty sixth, Dignity Health Sports Park in Carson, the WBC World Super Light Weight Championship at one hundred forty pounds. It's Jose Zapata against our own Regis Progray. Regis, listen, appreciate the time tonight. We'll report on it quite a bit before it happens, and then I want to report on a world champion when it's over, okay? World champion, exactly, baby. Two-time world champion. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm be. All for it, buddy. Listen, thank you for the time tonight. Uh, good luck with the training. Uh, stay vertical, stay strong, and looking forward to the fight, buddy. All right, man. Thank you. You got it. Regis Progray, the Rougarou himself. 504-260-1061, a brief timeout. Back with Pelican's Talk in a moment here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter code IMPACT at checkout. That's harrys.com, code IMPACT. Enjoy! With over 15 acres of cars and trucks at the Lamarck Automotive Complex, there must be a reason. Buying a new car shouldn't be complicated. That's why our expert staff is here to help. I've been selling new Ford cars and trucks since 1970. That's over 50 years. Wow, there must be a reason. With your lifestyle and budget in mind, our finance team works hard to be the best in the business. Only at Lamarck Ford, at the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. This is Loyalty Lab Interview 6, subject, Grandmother's Loyalty. Margie, what do you do when your grandson misbehaves? Angels don't misbehave. Here we study the most loyal, like you and... Oh, there goes the lamp. Shouldn't have put it there. Shell and the Fuel Rewards Program has our members' backs, too. It's super easy to save on every gallon. Loyal, just like how you acted like that wasn't his fault. Someone should clean that up before he gets hurt. Yes! Loyal, just like that. Ten years of FR.com. Terms and conditions apply. When Big Mobile charges you an arm and a leg, they're taking your money and your power. And your arm and leg. Boost Mobile gives your power back with an unlimited plan for $25 a month on one of America's largest 5G networks. We can't give you back your arm and your leg because we're not qualified surgeons. Unless you're an iguana who can grow limbs back. Switch to Boost and get an unlimited plan for $25 a month. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. New customers only. One line, $25 per month with auto pay. Additional restrictions apply. See BoostMobile.com for details. Toxic drinking water at Camp Lejeune. If you or someone you know were stationed at or around Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1987, you were likely exposed to toxic drinking water. 
If you are diagnosed with cancer or another serious condition, you may be entitled to significant compensation. Serving those who have served us. That's the Dudley DeBosier difference. 444-4444. Steve DeBosier, New Orleans. Alley 2213849. This is Loyalty Lab Interview 6, subject Grandmother's Loyalty. Margie, what do you do when your grandson misbehaves? Angels don't misbehave. Here we study the most loyal, like you and... Oh, there goes the lamp. Shouldn't have put it there. Shell and the Fuel Rewards Program has our members' backs, too. It's super easy to save on every gallon. Loyal, just like how you acted like that wasn't his fault. Someone should clean that up before he gets hurt. Yes! Loyal, just like that. Ten years of FR.com. Terms and conditions apply. When Big Mobile charges you an arm and a leg, they're taking your money and your power. And your arm and leg. Boost Mobile gives your power back with an unlimited plan for $25 a month on one of America's largest 5G networks. We can't give you back your arm and your leg because we're not qualified surgeons. Unless you're an iguana who can grow limbs back. Switch to Boost and get an unlimited plan for $25 a month. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. New customers only. One line, $25 per month with auto pay. Additional restrictions apply. See BoostMobile.com for details. Always welcoming intelligent points of view, whether we agree or disagree. Let's have meaningful, constructive dialogue on All Access with Ken Trahan on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon, at NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com. Give us a call, 504-260-1061. And we close it out tonight talking about the New Orleans Pelicans, of course, more on that tomorrow night with Jude Young, but the Pelicans open Wednesday night at Brooklyn. Anticipation has never been higher. It's special with this kind of team. And for the first time, the five projected starters will be on the floor together because Zion Williamson says he's absolutely playing despite the little ankle injury he had in a previous preseason game. C.J. McCollum playing. Brandon Ingram playing. Jonas Valanciunas playing. Herb Jones playing. So the five will be out there together. The roster by the Pelicans released today stands at 17 players, including a pair of two-way players. And the two-way players, the rookie E.J. Liddell, who's hurt right now, and the other two-way players, uh, Darian Sebron, who impressed uh, throughout training camp in the preseason. Meanwhile, the other players on the roster include two who are injured right now, Jackson Hayes, along with Kyra Lewis Jr. So you take those four away, and you got 13, right? We all know who they are. It's Jose Alvarado, Dyson Daniels, promising rookie, Devontae Graham, along with Willie Hernan Gomez, or Billy, Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, Najee Marshall, C.J. McCollum, Trey Murphy III, Larry Nance Jr., Garrett Temple, he's still around, Jonas Valanciunas, and Zion Williamson. So there's your roster for the start of the season and, boy, you look at the average age, you look at the relative experience on this team. Garrett Temple, 12-year veteran. Jonas Valanciunas, 10-year veteran. C.J. McCollum, 9-year veteran. Larry Nance, 7-year veteran. Hernan Gomez and Ingram, 6 years. But then you got a whole bunch of young players. Williamson, 3 years. Murphy, one year. Marshall, two years. Lewis, two years. Jones, one year. Graham, four years. Hayes, three years. Alvarado, one year. Daniels, rookie. That's a lot of youth. It's a really good mixture of the young and the elders. 
which I think bridges the gap and makes us a very intriguing team that can absolutely score the basketball. High expectations. Can't wait to see it get started on Wednesday night. Our thanks to Chrissy Ford for spending time with us tonight. Also want to thank Regis the Rougarou Progray for spending time with us. Thanks to Rudy Dixon, our producer. I'm back on Wednesday night.